0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hey guys, I'm... Very excited today. First of all, we have our first male guest. I don't know oh, if you know that. Shoot. So we have <laughs> lots of questions. We have Evan Britton here. He is former NFL lineman, correct? Oh,
2: uh-huh, that's right.
1: And yogi master. He has his own podcast, The Ebb and Flow, which I listen to. And I actually found you about a year ago mm. on Instagram. My my algorithm is all kind of very masculine. Men, but with great messaging anywhere mm. from Jordan Peterson to, you know, maybe extremes. David Goggins. David Goggins. Goggins. Yeah. A lot of, no, no. lot of Navy SEALs. I'm a big believer into the extreme ownership. <laughs> and I found you. And honestly, I think it was, I don't know who you were talking with, but you were crying. Mm. And I loved it. Uh, really? And I'm like You weren't I- like oh, this well, is not hot. I see
2: this, <laughs> this like very
1: on the surface, you know, masculine, big tattooed guy, beard, yeah. all the things. But you were sharing your soul and I I followed mm-hmm. you immediately. And I, I just love your page and uh, your messaging. So thank you for being here. We're really excited. Yeah, we're so
3: excited to have you. I mean, I think it's, it's not common to find a man who's secure in their masculinity enough to show the vulnerable side and to mm. show kind of, you know, what most people might call a feminine expression, which is crying and showing your feelings. Have you always been that way?
4: Yeah. A big pussy, yeah. I mean.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you're very soft, yeah. No, my mom has said to me recently a handful of times, she's like, Yeah, you're better with tears than I am. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I've always been, not always, more and more. And there was there was this foundation when I was a kid, but just being like really connected to what's going on inside. And that's why, you know, I, I'm here doing what I do. Yeah. You know, it's like my, it's one of, it's my gift and my curse to be so totally. fucking just sensitive. And I've said before, I'm like, do people, do other people feel things the way I feel them? Because it feels like my emotions and my aunt who is, Many things she's also like a master numerologist. She did my numbers, and she said this thing to me that came up in the numbers, which was so dead on, which was you you can be victimized by your emotions. And you know, for me, that's just felt very true in this thing of like, do other people feel this shit?
3: Yeah, the way I, I feel so. it,
4: you know,
1: not everyone this I, I,
4: heaviness, this like, I'm like that, like, oh you know, and so in that vein, I've just been, if the tears are there and I'm choking on sadness or depression or frustration, whatever it is that's happening inside of me, I can't hide it. Yeah. You know? I can't keep yeah. it under and you've the always, covers. Always,
1: how, how was that in the NFL locker room? Because I know in the NFL locker room, it's like,
4: Yeah. Very masculine warrior culture.
1: You guys are modern day gladiators. Yeah. 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 Did you have to mask that at all?
4: Not really. I was just in a different mode. Yeah, I was in a different mode. I was in the warrior mode. Right. Yeah,
3: compartmentalized.
4: Uh, Yeah. But
3: I feel like it always comes out. It's like we were actually just talking about, you know, my divorce is finally finalized and I'm getting my own place and I'm I'm like, I'm due for a cry. But I've been putting it off. A big one. Uh I'm due for a cry. We we cry sometimes (laughs) in here, but for the most part, it's like, I also am the I, I heard you say on some podcasts that like you feel like naturally you might run a little melancholy, and mm. I've kind of always felt that in my life too. Where I'm just like I'm a seeker. I'm always mm. looking for like that next that that better feeling, or like what like it, when my body feels off, I'm like, what's it telling me? And there's been mornings where like I've woken up and my body feels a, a sadness that like my brain doesn't even understand yet. Yeah, a
4: thousand percent.
3: And. And I feel like it is a blessing and a curse because I've been able to kind of analyze it and then share with others and help with my experiences and Mm -hmm. and especially with like our pregnancy stories Mm -hmm. too. But do you you feel like that kind of being an artist like that and an athlete are Mm. at odds? Were you able to reconcile being a warrior and living in your truth of being this sensitive
4: Mm. artist? It's a good question. I don't know if I really reconciled it while I was playing, although I will say that I don't think it's necessarily a hindrance. I think as an athlete, athletics, martial arts, physical movement, things like that are 100% in art form. Mm -hmm. It's a physical Mm -hmm. art. Yeah, I agree. And there was a time during my career in college, this really dawned on me. I was watching film and watching myself like pass block against this D end and whatever that means. We won't get into (laughs) into that, but I was watching and I was like, oh, this is like a dance. You know, this is like a dance that I participate in, that I'm, you know, working out. And that really clicked. And I always approach, I come from this family of athletes and artists and My dad's a painter. My mom was a journalist and editor of, you know, major fashion magazines. And my grandmother's this academy award-winning actress. And then there was all these athletes, like every, there's sports throughout, you know, and I think it was definitely a gift for me. And one of the reasons I chose University of Arizona was they had a creative writing program. So somewhere along the line in high school, I decided like, I want to be a writer. I want to tell stories. I don't, I can't remember exactly how that started, but I found out you could major in creative writing and that's what I wanted to do. So that's how I picked Arizona. And it was a nice undercurrent for my football career because it gave me this thing like, oh, when I'm done playing football, I'll be a writer.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, tell me about that transition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think very many guys (laughs) even think past that. (laughs) Well, I think in the NFL, people think we're all driving Mercedes. We (laughs) all have Tom Brady money. We all got gold chains. Like, yeah, there's the top. You know, percent of the guys, but most of the guys are trying to keep their job every day. Yeah. And when your whole life is based literally on stats of how many sacks you got or tackles mm. or yards, and then that's how you measure your success, and then it's gone. Mm. And, you know, Tyler's had moments where it's, you're the future, you know, so excited. I oh, totally. went down. Uh-huh. See you later. Yeah. Next guy yeah. up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us about that transition, because now mm. you're like, who the fuck am I? I'm a grown ass man. I don't know who the
4: hell I am. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a really tough. So my last year playing was 2014. I had some great years in the NFL. I had some really hard years, bad injuries, back, shoulder, all this stuff. You can listen to that on Mm -hmm. another story, another podcast. But, you know, when I came out, there was definitely this sense of relief. Like, oh my God, I finally did it. I finally made it here Free. to the end, yeah. you know, which I think every guy experiences, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was this slow, like roller coaster ride of like, holy shit, I have no skills for communicating with anybody in my life <laughs> mm-hmm. outside of being this superstar athlete Yeah, where everybody's saying, Eb, what do you want for dinner? Eb, what do you want to do after the game? Eb, what do you want to do tomorrow? Eb? I got the groceries, Zeb. I paid the bills, Zeb. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden, I have to be a human being. Yeah. There's none of this like cloak of armor, glory, being this professional athlete. So it was very quickly like, holy shit! How the fuck am I going to make money? What am I going to do with yeah. myself? How do
3: I sit with myself? Yeah. How know, do I?
4: There's only so you know I can only spend so many hours in the weight room and. There's only so much weed to smoke and I can't drink enough wine and, you know, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And
1: Did you try going back into the quote unquote real world? Did you ever try doing a desk <laughs> job and be like, I can't fucking do this? I don't think well, you would first, fit in a cubicle. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, well, I had a little taste of it. First I went back and I tried to be a football coach in my Mm -hmm. high school and that just (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like I was just like, you know, I don't I don't care about the X's and O's. I wanna talk to these kids about being men. Yeah. About being human beings.
5: Okay, so I've gotten into a really good routine lately where I'm working out after I drop my kids off from school. And then, you know, the last thing I want to do is like go home and shower. So sometimes I'll just kinda stay in my workout clothes for the rest of the day, and then shower later. The only problem is that I don't want to smell. So I've been using this new kind of deodorant that I'm obsessed with. It's called Lumi, so L-U-M-E. And basically, you can put it anywhere on your body. It was developed by an OB-GYN. It is pH balancing, and it's the first of its kind. So it's seriously safe to use... Anywhere, armpits, under boobs, thigh folds, belly button, butt crack, <laughs> you name it. It's clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. So how is it able to do this? Unlike some deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. More like a preodorant than a deodorant. It's aluminum-free, baking soda-free, and paraben-free. Control body odor anywhere with Lumi deodorant and get $5 off your starter pack. That's over 40% off with promo code BARELYFILTERED at LumiPodcast.com. Again, that's code BARELYFILTERED at LumiPodcast.com for $5 off your starter pack.
0: I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay, when really, things were far from it. I was secretly struggling with my mental health and wondering if other people were too. That's why I created RealPod. Hi, I'm Victoria Garrick-Brown, and every Wednesday, I host the types of conversations that most of us only have in therapy. RealPod brings you the heart-to-heart moments we all need to be having and will leave you feeling comforted no matter where you're at in life. So leave the filters at the door because it's time to get real. Tune into RealPod wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I have a hard time reconciling, you know, I I truly believe what we put out is, is reflected back to us, mm-hmm. right? So if we're living a life of love and compassion and and contributing to a greater good, then we're gonna receive that back, right? Uh-huh. So if you're on a field and your life is violence and your life is, is you know, yeah. going to battle every day, like, are you truly able to be reflected back from the universe, a loving, compassionate world, you know?
4: It's very challenging yeah it's very challenging so do you feel like maybe you didn't like
3: football that's why you didn't want to be a coach like did you not did maybe some part of you feel like you didn't believe in it at its core
4: anymore yeah yeah okay and just i was you know i was always the most violent guy on the field I don't you know i got it all the old out game. yeah yeah yeah. i got yeah. it all out <laughs> but you know? know what
1: i love because you talked about this is that you relate to being a viking uh-huh. and i i I love, men. Yeah, I, I love men. <laughs> I love men. I feel like I'm really in tune with the men, the, ma- the masculine psyche and yeah. the gender roles and the mm. just the weight that men have on their shoulders. I'm a boy mom and I just, mm. I think right now uh. in this world in 2023 to be a man. I mean, right now you're toxic just by looking at you, you know? <laughs> He's like, how dare you? You are so toxic, Eb. So, but mm-hmm. like how do you survive as a man in today's world? Mm. Like it's such a fine line. You're walking on glass, glass. at all times. <laughs> so mm. how do you, how how are you a man in today's world? Really? Honestly, mm. it's tough right now. What is, what is toxic masculinity and what is just being a man?
4: <laughs> oh, toxic in your masculinity. Heart and, yeah. yeah. Noon. <laughs> right off the bat. No, it's really good stuff. And it's funny because I don't, lately this thing of masculinity has been coming to me a lot about Mm -hmm. talking about masculinity and doing men's groups and I suppose I get told a lot that I'm like this really wonderful combination between masculine and feminine and a great expression of divine masculinity and I have definitely stumbled my way into that you know and just like feeling my way through the dark for a long time and made a lot of mistakes and fucked up a lot and caused a lot of damage and hurt in my life. And, and I would say my sense of masculinity started with my relationship with my mother. And then it's revealed itself to me more and more over the years through my relationships with women. And now I'm like in this weird place. I look around and Doing this podcast with you guys, I'm just surrounded by beautiful, loving women. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and do you think that's based off of a good relationship with your mother? Is oh it,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you used yeah.
1: because there's there's mommy issues, and then there's my mom helped me and in done a good that. way. You yeah. know,
4: I've done that. Like, had a deep mother wound. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. my mom really struggled when we were kids, and uh, I mean, both my parents struggled. There's a lot of alcoholism and a lot of darkness. And
1: how did that affect you as a as a man?
4: You know, as a young boy, it, well, it just made me, I was seeking out validation from women and love mm, from women yeah. and like it's needing so fun, to funny like- funny how that
3: happened. It's yeah. like the the boys and the moms and the girls and the dads. Yeah. It's like uh-huh. all the relationships that, that I've created are just the same reflection of like wanting approval from my dad <laughs> yeah. and wanting, yeah. and yeah. I well, mean, it's what
4: we do, you know? Yeah. And it's like you go seeking out the relationships that reflect the relationships that you have became conditioned by in your childhood. You and know? do you
1: think that reflects you as a father now, giving your daughter the love that you wanted? Oh,
4: yeah, a thousand percent, yeah. you know. What's uh, it like
1: being a girl dad?
4: It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, I I could have never really imagined. I mean, my whole life is a miracle, you know. It's just like yeah. I couldn't have imagined how much love I could possibly Isn't it a little
3: nerve wracking? Like it makes a lot. I I I I tread (laughs) the line of like it's so much love that it's like it's anxiety provoking. It almost hurts, (laughs) but I love like I love that she gets this version of you too because Uh it matters. It matters, you know. Birth order matters. The parents I had are not the parents that my youngest sister had, Mm -hmm. and I remember this time in my life when I turned from being like a cute little girl to like going through puberty. And I remember feeling a shift in the way my dad treated me Mm. and it broke my heart a little bit. You know, Mm. like I felt like he didn't really know how to relate to me anymore and almost pulled away. And so like, I love to see Mm. men being girl dads and being able to navigate the like uncomfortability of like, she's going to get her period. Like she might need a bra. You know, it's like, And my ex is really good. I mean, we have a two-year-old daughter, so who knows? But I know he will be. Like, that is what I think is being a comfortable masculine man if you're able to, you know, not shy away from the things that maybe are a little uncomfortable or, like, don't, you know dads don't want to talk to their kids about their daughters about sex and periods and stuff. But like when you don't talk about that and you don't go there, it almost makes the, the little girl feel like they're ashamed they should be ashamed. Mm, Do you know?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So that's well, so it's great. interesting.
4: You spring that up because i had the women in my life have come to me. And lately, like in the last couple of months and they're like, Eb Sandy's not a little girl anymore you know yeah. so you can't like really do the things that you used to do yeah write, you know and f- at first I was like fuck that you yeah. know but then I I realized and I'm like starting to look at her as this little woman you know she's 11 but mm-hmm. you know like she's I mean I'm just like How are you taller than my mom and yeah. you know you're like and,
3: and girls are sometimes girls can be like 11 but going on 17 she's, yeah. that's yeah, like, what
4: she is yeah. you know and I'm just like <laughs> For me, it's an incredible experience because I get to find myself in this place where like my entire life is just a, an unending process of letting go and like surrendering my ideas about how it's got to be or what mm-hmm. it's going to look like, you know? And so with her and my relationship with her, it's like, I'm gonna respect her space. You know? Yeah. I'm gonna respect God. her as a little person. You know, I'm gonna respect. I'm not gonna fuck with her like I used to yeah. know, when she was a little kid, and and a lot of that comes from me being around like a bunch of dudes who, yeah, you know, it was just constant. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. You know,
1: that's what guys do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they can take it. Yeah.
4: And but that was really important for me to to hear that and learn that and just rather than an example would be like, rather than going in to get the hug from her or like making her hug me, I'm just like letting her be. And then she puts her head on my shoulder and I'm like, there's the miracle of yeah. God right there. Oh, you know? yeah Yeah, And but also, learning that. Yeah. I
3: love the not withholding the affection. Like, I feel like my dad started withholding affection mm. because he didn't think it was appropriate. Right. And then you got me, like, you know, banging the whole football team in, <laughs> in high school because I'm like, you know, I just like, you Needed want the that male love. affection attention. Yeah. And, and attention. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you don't get it from your dad, like, and it's weird to cross the line. Like, I'm not talking about a sexual thing, but it's like you...
4: Of course, you of need course, that
3: masculine yeah. like feeling of being accepted and loved and hugged. And and I truly believe like if you don't get that from your dad, then you're going to find it I, somewhere else. Yeah, probably with some STDs to too. Yeah.
4: And the other way, you know, yes. just like I was saying, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get the relationship I thought I needed or desired or. Craved when I was a little boy for my mother. So I went out fucking seeking it. You yeah. Know, yeah. From other women. You right. know, and it's just like it was a never ending shitstorm. Right. Yeah. You know, of just a chaos tornado that I created in my own life.
1: What, totally. What do you feel? And I know you can only speak, you know, for yourself, but what do men need from women? Because we have a lot of female listeners. What do men need from women in relationships? Honestly, well, I
4: think before we get to that, men need to fucking connect to their true masculinity, you know? Yeah. And I'm we reading can't supply
3: that for you. No, yeah. And
4: yeah. you're going to attract the partner that you're capable of receiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as men, it can't be, I got to get this from my woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's got to be, everything is taken care of inside. And then you attract your divine partner, like your Absolutely. queen, you know what I mean? Yeah, Totally. And I think I'm reading this book cause I, like I said, I've been asked to speak on masculinity and doing a lot more of this stuff. And that seemed like kind of out of left field. I mean, I came out of football and started talking about cannabis and drugs, yeah. And, yeah. you know, but it makes sense in my journey. When I look at the the grand scope of what I've experienced and where I've come from and where I'm at and where I'm going and I started reading this book by this guy, Robert Bly. It's called Iron John. Hmm. And any men out there, women too, I highly recommend it. It's just it's a quintessential piece of literature on masculinity. And something he talks about in there is the story of Iron John. And so there it's this old northern European folklore that I'll give you the nuts and bolts of it, but basically there's this village or this kingdom, and outside the kingdom is this forest, and people go into this forest, hunters go into this forest, and they disappear and they never come back. And this happens over and over again, and the king sends a search party for them. They they go in, never come back. So he's like, I gotta shut down the forest. I gotta shut it down. One day, this young hunter comes to the king and he's like, hey man, I'm looking for some fucking adventure. Show me where to go. Give me something dangerous to do. And the king's like, well, I could mention the forest. A lot of people go in there, they never come out. Hunter's like, bet, let me go, check this out. So the hunter does something really interesting that no one ever had done before. He walks into the forest unarmed with just his dog. He's walking through the forest and they come upon this little pool of water It's kind of a big pool. It's not quite a pond, but it's a pool of water. And he's walking by the pond and he looks down and he notices this hand coming out of the pond and it grabs his dog and pulls it under. And he's like, okay. So he doesn't freak out. He goes back to the castle. He's a little distraught that his dog was pulled under this water. He's like, I know what's going on. So he goes back, gets a handful of guys. They bring buckets come back to the pool and they empty out the pool and they discover this wild man who's living underneath this water and he's covered in hair. And they bring him back to the castle and they put him in a cage. And the king, he locks him in this cage in the middle of the square and he gives the key to his wife, the queen. And so something important about this is this wild man, he's covered in hair and hair is this symbol of instinct intuition a deep sensitivity connection to self nature surroundings all of that stuff so one day the king's son the prince he's about seven years old and all of us around the age of seven eight years old is about the time we lose our innocence or we lose this thing so the little boy the prince he's playing with his golden ball in the square and he loses it and the ball rolls into the cage and it goes into the, the wild man has it. So the little boy's in a conundrum. He's like, well, I guess I have to approach this guy and talk to this guy. So he goes up to the wild man. He says, Hey, excuse me. Can I have my golden ball back? The wild man says, yeah, sure. If you get the key and let me out. The little boy goes, I don't know. So as Almost all men do. And it's interesting because he says, you know, the age in the modern civilized world is like 35 for a man when he comes back to this wild man. And he might come back a handful of times, but just never lets the wild man out. So finally, the 35-year-old prince comes back to the wild man. He's like, I'm over it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Give me my golden ball back. Wild man says, yeah, get the key. But at this point, you've forgotten where the key is the prince has forgotten. He's like, I don't know, is the key in the tower? Wild man's like, no. Anyway, he comes to realize the key is with his mother, the queen. It's under her pillow. Now, an important thing here is that the key has to be stolen because the mother never really wants to give the key back to her little boy and watch him grow up and to be a man because mm-hmm. she wants him to stay her little boy. But in order for the young man to become the man that he's destined to be, he has to let the wild man out. Wow. Mm. And so he steals the key and we steal the key as men. We steal the key in a number of ways by (sighs) dancing like a wild man, by standing up for ourselves, by breaking the chains of shame in our family, by, by, breaking the chains of guilt or behavior mechanisms or patterns that we've been subjected to through our family lineage that you know all the men before us have done. And it's really that, it's a symbol of that moment in a man's life where he has to become his own man. Like he has to stand up and let everything go. Cultural ideas about who he's supposed to be, what what everybody else is telling him is right, you know, what it's gotta look like being buttoned up. You let go of all that shit one day and you just stand there and you speak the truth.
1: So you just look into the mirror and you're just, is there a moment where you're saying it's time? Is it a gradual I mean, in journey? Every,
4: in every man's life, there are these, there are many opportunities like that, mm-hmm. you know, and whether we're, we have the courage or not in that moment to do it is a different thing. But every man, like every man, and the wild man is not a savage, Mm -hmm. and it's an important distinction that he talks about in the book, and that this folklore is alluding to. The wild man is highly intelligent, highly emotionally sensitive, but he's not interested in financial wealth. He's not interested in the nuts and bolts of society or current events. The wild man is interested in the happenings of the soul. Like the deep, dark truth of this inside thing that's happening well, and, and how, getting free.
1: And how hard is that too, as a man? Because as a man, you're told by society you need to protect, provide, uh-huh. provide, provide, which means financially. Yeah. So you are ingrained from a young age to succeed on paper.
2: Mm-hmm. They don't
1: talk about you, know, your soul and your happiness, and you know the gifts of love from your family or f- friends or work because. Accepting that wild man sounds like it's impossible for a narcissist to do because it takes courage, yeah, and not about yourself and the what society has told you is successful. You uh-huh. have to reevaluate what success is
4: a thousand percent.
3: Well, to play contrarian a little bit, also, I'm a firm believer in like you know, we're evolutionarily wired a certain way, Like our, our, like, there are certain roles that I think a man. Instinctually is inclined to play, and a woman too. And of course, this is a spectrum, and wherever you fall is fine. Is fine. <laughs> putting that out there. Let's yeah. not let's <laughs> not do that. But like, my question for you, because in my past relationships, I really started to question. Like, is it? practical responsible logical to require a man to be monogamous or are they evolutionarily wired to spread their seed far and wide and you know continue procreating where women are geared towards like you know staying home and nesting and like do we what do you think about monogamy (laughs) answer me that
4: (laughs) for me it feels like the right answer for me.
3: The right answer that society told you? No,
4: no. For me and my soul, like I don't, I'm not really interested. I think like polyamory or having more than one female partner feels like Exhausting, and the idea of
2: that's <laughs> like my ex is
1: like
3: I'm never dating another girl again. You've ruined uh, them all for
1: me. I'm I'm like, you can tell me that I'm like actually impressed because where do you find the time? It's uh-huh. exhausting.
4: Yeah, and yeah. the idea of like sharing my woman with another guy just sounds like. So the thing is that like the
3: woman doesn't have to because this is my whole my like we had a deal because I didn't believe that men could be monogamous. I had a series of bad relationships and I like went into this being like you can have a one a year. But I never asked for one because I don't need it. Like Mm. in my soul, I when I'm with somebody, it's like I'm not thinking about other people. I don't even look at them in that way. It even took me two years after I got divorced to not feel like the loyalty to him, where I could like be open to like talking to other guys where he was like, I don't want to, I didn't want him to have to lie to me. and I didn't want to have to ask something of him that he didn't feel like in his heart he could do. But then he, when he ended up using it, I was like, actually this doesn't work for me. I don't like this. Right. So,
1: but I think men can be monogamous, like we, happily, happily. Yes, happily. Yeah, I, I, I think, so. think so. And when you said my woman, Cause I'm sure that's so triggering for some people, but I actually saw this (laughs) reel of Steve Harvey, who I I just love. He's, he just preaches and I just, I love it. And someone called him out. He said, my wife, that's my woman. He goes, what do you mean? My woman? He goes, it's my woman. And Mm -hmm. I am hers.
2: Uh Yeah. And and he said it
1: with the utmost respect. And I, I agree with you. Like I couldn't share that. And he is mine and I am his like, like, I, I j- call me a trophy wife, but it, it is like a badge of honor. When you walk into a room, he's proud and, and I'm proud. It's not just by looks or anything like that. It's it's like, this is out of all the, how many billions of people in the world you chose me. Uh-huh. What a gift and honor yeah. that is. It's my, you know? person, you it's know? my person. It's my yeah. best
2: friend. Yeah. I, mean.
3: I, I love that. And I believe in the partnership and I believe in the soul contract. I guess my problem is just like, are you p- wrapping up too much of your own self worth? in your relationship with this partner. Because, well, I think that's yeah. where that's
4: where you've gotta take a look and be like, is my self-worth about who I'm with? Mm-hmm. Or is it about yeah. what the fuck I think about myself? Right. You know?
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. like you can only meet somebody as far as you've met yourself and you're gonna attract exactly what you are putting out.
4: Well, I think that it gets really treacherous anytime we're thinking that someone else is gonna make us.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm
4: validated or mm-hmm. worthwhile or yeah. we're fucked you know no, we're fucked
3: yeah we're mm-hmm. fucked. and sometimes yeah. people ride that merry-go-round their whole lives oh, yeah, until they learn the lesson of course like i can fi- i i'm i mean i feel like i don't know what age it is or maybe like it's just the sensitivity but like if i feel myself getting into that like you always know you uh-huh. you know right away oh, when you're yeah. like doing the like shouldn't go there shouldn't talk to that person
1: this is not mm-hmm. this ain't it but <laughs> Okay, guys, if you're like me, you are feeling incredibly overwhelmed with the amount of supplement pushing, whether it's on social media or throughout friends. It seems like there's just so much out there, and it's really been hard to find something to trust. So I am with you. I totally get it. And that's why I wanna share with you guys rituals essential for women. So this came across my desk when I needed a prenatal. So I started this when I was pregnant with Nala, I took it throughout my entire pregnancy and honestly had such an incredible experience. It is non-GMO project verified, gluten major allergen free and vegan, just to note. But what I especially loved about it is that the capsules are delayed release capsules. So they're designed to dissolve later in the small intestines, which is a great place to absorb nutrients. So if you're pregnant, this is wonderful. It is a slow release. And if you're feeling sick, this is a plus. And I loved it so much that I continue to take it post-pregnancy. So I'm taking the essential for women and I'm having an amazing experience. It's a minty citrus essence in every bottle. So it feels really fresh, smells delicious, and an easy way to take my multis every day that's actually enjoyable. So instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. Great news, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash barely filtered to start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus or prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash barely filtered. Enjoy. Where do you find outside of a relationship? Where do you find your, you you personally, like, where do you find your purpose and, Uh. and your self-worth and continue to put the work in? Cause days, some days it's hard. How do you find that strength? And what, what are you going towards
4: Mm. in my life? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going towards cultivating greater and greater love and acceptance for myself in the effort of Bringing about more peace in my life. Like, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And sharing it with
3: at. others. I mean, you do a just
1: great your job podcast. Of that. Yeah. That's, well, that's that seems like, to
4: be like the, the,
1: like the icing the, on the cake, the ripple, or, or, the, the repercussions the ripple yeah. Yeah. of
4: me being the best person I can be yeah. to myself. And it's like, oh, I just, I like talking. I like sharing. I've even, you know, had the somewhat, Shameful realization that I love to be the center of attention. <laughs> that, you know? So, having a podcast and talking and teaching yoga and doing all this stuff is just like, I love doing it. I well, love yeah. connecting with people. Totally. You know? But I,
1: you're also paying it forward. Mm, like you're sharing yeah, it. You're not yeah. like it's all about me. It's no, I'm no. sharing it for, because I for want, sure. I feel. It's almost like when I discovered, it sounds so silly that I read The Secret. It's all about manifesting uh-huh. an attraction, yeah, yeah. law of attraction. I had never heard of that before, but I felt like well, I... Well, that was a
4: huge book for that. I felt yeah. like
1: I have a superpower. And uh-huh. I need, And I just learned yeah. about this. And I wanna t I physically could like feel it, and I need to share it. I well, think we I all do. And, and the thing is, if this. you are
3: living in your truth, then there's no other option than you are... Then, then you're share that you're sharing it with others. And there's always going to be a ripple effect. Cause that's, I mean, I truly believe that's like the highest manifestation of like living in your truth is when you're, you're sharing it with others. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that what we're here for to like actually
2: share to share? To share. Cause we yeah. think
3: it sounds like, Oh, it's me, 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 uh, here I am talking about my problems on my podcast. But like, it's actually not that it's like <laughs> yeah. you're,
4: you're, uh-huh. you're making
3: an effect on the world in a positive way. Yeah. I was also a yoga teacher for a, for a while too. And yoga is like something that. that saved my life when totally. I was in like, Addiction and depression and all of the things, and I quit law school. This was when I was dating the guy who was cheating on me with all the people. And anyway, oh, long story. <laughs> but so to get me out of that, like I got really into yoga. And since mm. I'm such an extremist, and like I hear that from you too, of like the drugs and the alcohol, like it wasn't just one thing. It was like everything as a distraction. Yeah. But like, how has yoga for you been a way of kind of not staying on the straight and narrow, but like opening up your heart and and staying away from Drugs and alcohol.
4: Stuff. Yeah. Well, mom started taking my brother and I to yoga when I was like 10. So cool. that was a gift.
1: Wow. That's, you know, oh, that's before great. yoga was like, yeah, yoga popular. was yoga.
4: Yeah, it was yeah. like late 90s. Yeah. You wow. know, we had just moved to LA from New York and it's like one gray morning. And mom took us to this church in Hollywood where they're doing a yoga what class. Was from? <laughs> it wasn't big. <there. laughs> Were you in a cult? No, I wasn't. Well, no. <laughs> but, yoga definitely was this thing that thank god mom brought me to it so young and it has been this tool for life for sure and during my football career i had this sort of ebb and flow relationship with it pun intended and during my nfl career when i started dealing with a lot of injuries i was just like fuck yoga i can't get into a down dog i'm in excruciating pain like i had you know shooting sciatic nerve pain down my right leg so like trying to straighten my legs was just hell. But when I came out of football and I was just completely discombobulated, had no idea who I was or what to do with myself. And my mom was like, Hey, you should go check out this yoga studio. And it was a Bikram studio. And I just wandered in there one day and didn't leave, you know? And became a teacher and yeah
3: you know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm always trying to pitch yoga to people especially uh-huh. athletes I'm like yeah yeah they, they don't want to do it because they think it's like a waste of time because you're not I'm like
4: or and a lot of men think it's like this women's thing really, you know and yeah. the interesting thing is yoga was actually started by men for men mm-hmm. you know it's like a really like the hot the practice and women of course have just revealed themselves to be much better at it. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's like, well, also because I'm super flexible, so I was like, always kind of like, I'm like, I'm good at this. You know, like, you don't want to do something that you...
4: A superpower of women that I recognized a couple days ago because I was in this yoga class, and it was I was the only man in there.
1: Always. There's always one. (laughs) There's always like one, maybe two guys. Uh, He's either pervert or he's like, evolved. (laughs) You're the second. (laughs)
2: Exactly.
4: Exactly. I was just looking around the room, and... You know, I have to take a break here and there because I'm just fucking getting my ass kicked and looking around and women are just doing everything, but they'll, you know, you'll slow it down. Like you'll slow the the posture down or you'll slow the action down to the point where you can do it really well and stay in it. You know, and me, I'm like trying to fucking bulldoze through it yeah. and just yeah. do it hard, as hard and as fast as I can. You're
3: conditioned you know? yeah, I'm your football. And I sure. was like,
4: man, well, think about childbirth. You're in this thing. It's excruciatingly can be painful. I mean, it's a supernatural thing. And I think that, you know, women who... You're able to endure that to bring life into the world because you fucking have the superpower of like just slowing it the fuck down. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and using our breath you know, to
4: exactly You're your just movement. getting into I, your I, breath.
1: I actually was all about my breath just recently because I saw uh-huh. minute and it was like a double breath take mm. where you breathe. And mm. then you take another breath. Uh-huh. And I did that through my entire contractions. Amazing. And Tyler told me, he's like, I, he's like, I was just crying. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever you can, seen. Do you know
3: you can orgasm through breath work? Like, this is a different episode, but like tantric. <laughs> yeah. like, there's, like, your breath is the most powerful thing that you have. And that's what I, like, oh, yeah, a when I leave percent. the yoga class, it's yeah. like. I just want to tell everybody on the street. I'm like, this is the best thing. Like yeah. I would be in like a living under a bridge it in sounds a tent. Like, uh-huh. it sounds like, uh-huh. A, uh-huh. like almost yeah. like a
1: runner's high. Like once you feel it, it's uh-huh. like a it's like a high. I yeah. have it's a return it. to self. Yeah. It's like such uh, a, a spiritual.
4: Percent. Yeah, that's um, what it is.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's like my my greatest. No, love. that's what it but is. You were talking about how gentle women are and how men are just you know, they're just aggressive. They drop things, they break things, they run through. Through walls. Talk to me about also being a man and transitioning in like the imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. that you might deal with, because whether it's from the NFL or just being a man, do you feel that's something that men deal with, especially not just feeling being like an
4: imposter. Being an imposter, being not, not feeling good worthy. enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big Yeah. Time. That's old. You know, that's super old thing that I think was handed down through many generations of fathers and a like society that's
1: or is that part oh, of being yeah, a man? I'm
4: like I'm I literally I can't believe where I am today. Wow. You know, that I can wake up and allow myself the decency of just being and taking it slow, you know, and not being constantly in this grind. Grind of what am I gonna do today? What am I gonna create today? What am I gonna produce today? And I'm like really in this place where I'm just like, I'm just gonna take care of myself today. Yeah. You know?
1: That's, I think, what's something that so many of us struggle with is like that, especially in today's society, like, what am I going to do next? You don't even get time to pause and enjoy what you might have just accomplished. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I know that I'm intentionally
3: living in the state of like just distraction right now because I'm like, I don't really want to feel right now. So I'm just going to keep on doing this. And then I'm going to like call Caroline, ask her what (laughs) else I need to do. I just feel like I I have to
1: keep doing more. uh, You just don't. Sometimes you just don't feel like feeling. Yeah. (laughs) I feel later. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So actually where I was going with that, I just, I just remembered where I was going with the difference between men and women because Jordan Peterson talks about how it's a strength, like you should be a warrior as a man. You should be a gladiator. And it's in your soul Uh to you're essentially like this, I don't want to say monster, but you have the ability Uh to be a monster. But the true power is to suppress it and to control it.
4: I would say harness it. Yeah. 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 Thousand percent. Is that
1: hard to harness the inner is beast? It, well, when,
4: <laughs> you know, it's that thing of, are we going to be overwhelmed by the wild man and just totally mm-hmm. disappear or are we going to, because the next part of that story is when the seven year old boy lets the wild man out of the cage, he goes, well, the little boy says to the wild man, like, I can't just because if my parents come back cuz my parents were gone the parents mm-hmm. are gone like you have to do it when your parents are gone when your inhibitions are mm-hmm. loosened you know what mm-hmm. i mean and mm-hmm. you're not under that conditioning of your society <laughs> yeah. your parents your family so he's like if my parents come back and you're gone i'm fucked like i'm going to be i'm going to be fucking you know locked in my room for the rest of my life and the wild man's like okay good thinking well hop on my back you'll just come with me into the forest then you know and so it's like blending these two
0: essences you
4: know and learning how to do that as a man can be really difficult especially when we're brought up in this society where for men the the measure of success is like what does your car look like? Mm-hmm. How much money do you have? What does your house look like? How many female partners do you mm-hmm. have, like sexually and all this shit? And and none of it is really a bad thing. The bad thing is when you've done all of that and you've gathered as much material possessions and material success as you could ever possibly dream of, and you are still have a hole in your heart. Mm-hmm. You still have a hole in yeah. your soul and you're going, wait, but... I reached the top of the mountain like I thought I was supposed to be happy and feel good now like that was what my NFL career was you know this was a dream I had from the time I was seven years old to play at this level here I am with all the money I could have asked for everything I ever dreamed of and like It's not it. Mm -hmm. It's the same.
3: It's the same with I mean, it's the same with all people. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I had my kids. Why do I still feel empty? I have the marriage. I have the house. I have all the money I need. It's like, you know, like you're you. I think with age, you realize it's Uh like when you get the things that you thought you needed to fill you up and then you don't and then it's not. So then it's
4: it's what is it about?
2: Mm
3: -hmm. What
4: is it about? What's going to make me feel good? Okay, you start with what you eat. You could start with how you take care of yourself. I realized in the last few years, (laughs) I realized how every time I was working out is because I fucking hated my body, you know? Uh, Wow. Rather than loving my body. Interesting. And then I was like, wait, okay. I don't have to go beat the shit out of myself in the weight room for two and a half hours because that's just like punishing myself for not having a better body or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me think about exercise is really important for me and my well-being. Okay, let me get some exercise. How can I do it in a way that's really loving? Okay, well maybe today I'm going to just do a yoga class and go for a hike. Yeah. You know, outside. Oh man, I feel really nourished and I don't feel like Right.
3: Yeah. And I'm it's remembering hell. the things that have worked. Like when I was doing TM, like transcendental meditation mm. for years,
4: you like did the a universe lot of
3: I did a lot, but I, but I'm like, a, I'm like, you're a, over
4: it. You're not. Feeling no, no, no. Anymore. It's not that I'm over. It. It's just that I, it's, it's the consistency for me, you know. And I
3: don't All know. All and doses, but yeah. like, yeah, it's like the universe was meeting me halfway on everywhere, and like, and when you've experienced a glimmer of like what works, uh-huh. you never forget it. Yeah, like yeah. you know, yeah. when you've seen God, when you filled that hole, yeah, and then you always know that you have the choice to go back to it, but sometimes like we just don't go back to it because we're just like. I don't well know. that discipline? was a thing
4: that served you during a moment mm-hmm. you know that thing was really important to serve you during a phase or a moment i've I'm have that all the time get back you to know. Edition, Meditation's a big one. I was. I've
1: never been able to get into meditation. Mm. Oh, it's just. So I did it one time and work. I was in my parents' backyard. And I was like, I'm going to try this. And it, I think it worked because I. <laughs> you already did no, it wrong. No, it. I'll tell you why I think it worked. I started, I broke the meditation because I started laughing because I felt high.
4: Uh huh. Yeah, I yeah, probably was you holding your breath. <laughs> I might have been high, though. I don't know. I could have been
1: high and trying to do this, but I might have smoked a little bit more. No, before, you'll but... definitely
4: get high. I meditating. was like,
1: "This is—is is this it?" Yeah, that's why
4: and I do like... it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> like, why else are we gonna do it? Yeah. But it's so
1: funny. Like we think about like what's next, and as I get older, I don't know if it's a parent thing or an age thing or experience of life, but like I, I find I need. So much
4: less. Oh yeah. I had yeah. the
1: best day yesterday and it was because my whole family was together and we were all happy. Love that. played games and we danced and we had yeah. Taco Tuesday. Love Aww. that. And I was so fucking happy. Yeah. yeah it wasn't because best. I got something or I bought something or uh-huh. it was some accolade. It was we were all together. All my boys were naked for some reason. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was holding my baby girl and everyone was healthy. Yeah. And I'm like,
4: You have two boys, I have one two girl. Two boys
1: and one girl. Yeah, amazing. And hence why. Everyone's naked. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was a lot of energy, but I'm like, this, I feel like I've made it. Aww. You know? That's and so like, nice. that's. To I me, totally that's, get that. That's, that's what it's
3: about. But the thing is, like, I'm over here moving my shit into a storage unit to then be homeless, to end my marriage, two young kids. And like, I also just feel great. Like, I'm that's like, I'm, like I'm taking nothing. I'm taking one rug and I'm taking that. And you can have all the Tupperware and everything mm-hmm. you want. And I'm like, I feel so free. I would Everyone say, like, it, it pities me, but I'm like, do I tell them that I'm well, actually like fantastic? Well, see,
4: that's a thing that's come into my head a lot. You know, even in the last 24 hours, I had this thought about how many times we're going through something in life and everybody's like, you know, are you okay? Have you dealt with your depression or whatever it is and you're like well I don't really feel that but then because somebody said it to you and you're not really solid in yourself yet you start to think like should I feel that yeah Mm -hmm. that's
3: happened earlier you were like when I moved in with my parents I felt like loser I'm like I'm about to move in with my sister for a little bit right now and I'm like wait I don't feel like a loser should I feel like a loser Uh (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. you don't yeah and also like these times at the transitional times or the like times when you've been the lowest like they're such a uh, there's something so beautiful in that time like well, yeah this is
4: yoga you know this is what yoga is all about is finding peace in the chaos yeah it's like yeah. this is life dude right That's, it's life, life is a fucking it's crazy it's, a shit show. it's totally crazy and chaotic and nuts and it's like are we gonna be like holy shit, my life is a fucking mess or are we gonna be like wow life is really crazy and it's really amazing and i feel yeah. really free and it's beautiful and we chaotic can feel everything. it's all right. of it. yeah you know? i'm breathing
3: through it and i'm proud of myself and Thousand i feel like percent. just being able to be proud of yourself
4: that's a big deal
3: that's like that's like all i want to feel i just yeah. want to feel proud of myself that i'm mm-hmm. doing it you know and then and then
1: we got a lot of drama we could talk about on the podcast yeah. so that's good too. It, it's, it, it's interesting though well and what you're saying about the world like we i love the saying is like get comfortable with being uncomfortable the world is uncomfortable it's relationships are uncomfortable work one. is uncomfortable like your transitions parenting like your phases life, it's all uncomfortable mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. is where the true growth comes in as long as you're yeah. not having a pity party and saying poor me this is happening to me it's like this is happening for me yeah. Yeah. for a reason i get to learn in this moment what am i going to choose to learn
4: 100%. that is up to you Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's Ooh, it right there. Sorry, I Evan. <laughs> we were like, he has wrong, an amazing Mark.
3: voice. We're going to let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> right me. I mean, <laughs> like, I, Shut I, up, Aurora. It's I, not about you today. I, uh, guys,
4: it's so good, guys. I mean, I love that. It's, that's what it is. That's it. Are we done? We're no, out. Exactly. <laughs>
3: Are we wrapped? I was like, we have some I some other questions no, for I mean, you, but you got to stick around. No, hold on. I think maybe you did.
4: No, that's what it is right there. Just what you said. Getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe one day you wake up and it's like life hits you like a ton of fucking bricks, and then you just spend the whole day crying. Okay, that's Great. okay. Great, yeah. <laughs> you know that's part of the deal too. Yeah, and that's okay. You don't have to be like, yeah, it's fucking crazy, you know, and it's all good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Just feel whatever it is, you know, feel the stuff. As I it's, it's it's almost
3: more happening. satisfying to be in the the discomfort than to be in like this. Like I remember right before I was gonna get married, and I already had my baby, and I was like, I had like this nervous feeling because I felt like everything was going so right, and like I felt worse then than I do now with like all mm. the shit up in the mm-hmm. air, you know, because it's like I was whole. I was so attached to everything staying good. Where right now I'm like, I'm open to pretty much anything. You know, it's like there's more freedom in not being so attached to a particular
5: outcome.
1: You Do you know? think you were living in kind of fear based <clears throat> in those because you were scared things would go wrong? Yeah, I was I was I was like, what's the catch? Yeah,
4: like
3: I don't deserve this. Something's got to give. And like this, this great life can't keep on keeping on. And and, and I guess maybe I sabotaged it then. <laughs>
1: It's, it's, it's interesting though as we transition our how our relationships change with people too you end up cutting out a lot of people mm-hmm. on your journey of self-love would you yeah. agree
4: and life well, i
3: mean well like are you are you totally <laughs> sober or california sober or like
4: medium. Well, it's, I, I wouldn't call myself sober. I don't drink alcohol. You don't drink yeah.
3: alcohol. But you still like I microdose do. mushrooms and that sort of thing. I do all kinds. I could tell by this year. Yeah. I That's microdose a... right
1: before this. So Tr- it's fine. Kristen's <laughs> fully on mushrooms right now. So no judgment zone. <laughs> Good for you.
3: Yeah. Just wondering, because I feel like when I stopped drinking, I felt like a lot of people didn't want to like, they were like, oh, well, you're boring. And yeah, like, what do you do for
4: fun or raw cheese? Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. It's
3: like I don't dig myself out of
4: a hole every yeah, morning. Every morning, <laughs> like- yeah, totally.
2: <laughs>
1: so relationships, you'd say, you've totally transitioned and you have this self-discovery, you're losing friends, technically. Or were they even friends in the first place?
4: Yeah, and once again, in football, they would say these things a lot, like, the people who are with you in the beginning aren't necessarily the people that are going to be with you in the end or yeah. even mm-hmm. through the whole thing. And I mean, for me lately, I've had some fucking relationships in my family of people who were like my heroes growing up who just told me, go fuck myself. Really? Aww. Or Deep, like, well, you, no you one, literally no, no one <laughs> gives a fuck about this zen life coaching <sighs> bullshit okay so i have people a theory are just trying to survive Why you'll learn that one my,
1: i think it's it's a trigger i believe i have a theory on and it's not all the time but i've dealt with this is sometimes you're a mirror for people
4: uh-huh. they don't want to yeah. look at
1: themselves they see That's you a thousand percent. Yeah. so they I don't said, want they it, saw a
4: clip yeah. and they are like What? Fuck that. No way. Fuck
1: you, Em. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they saw something that triggered. They knew something that they weren't doing the work within themselves, so they wanted to put it onto you.
4: Yeah, and it's been an incredible thing of I come from a family of people who want to solve problems by going to war.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: And that was how I operated for a long time. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, hey, brother, thank you for that. Appreciate your insight have a great life yes did
3: they think you were solving like solving world peace when you were like running head-on into people on a field or like these are people
4: who this (laughs) is the thing and talking about something you said about people want to cling to it's their fault my life is this way because of this Mm -hmm. it'll never be anything different and they love to swim in what I call the shit swamp. Like it was a oh, very
3: fucking can't stand
4: illuminating that. thing for me to go, oh man, <laughs> everything I do in my life, just about everything I do in my life. Because, I mean, let's face it, guys, when I came out of the NFL, like I was on like a rocket ship to rock bottom
2: mm-hmm.
4: where I found myself just shattered and. I had to change how I was living. You know, yeah. I had to change like what I was doing and I had to start living in a certain way that would lift me up because of what I said, which is true about my, the, the ground floor of my being is melancholic. Yeah. It's like, there's a, li- there's this weird satisfaction in me of like being a little sad. You yeah, because
3: that's an artist thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Like it's fruitful for my yeah, heart. Yeah, it's, it's you know? beautiful. It's, uh, yeah, I don't like that. But, no, I know, and it's just like, oh, so that's why I've had to create my life in a way that everything I do is just like lifting myself up a little bit. Yeah, you know, just like the meditation, the yoga, how I eat. I mean, I have this undiagnosed autoimmune issue that would be something like lupus if it was ever, you know, really examined, but. It's a thyroid issue. So that can leave me feeling a little apathetic, a little low, a Uh little down. So how I eat is has to be Mm -hmm. super specific. I can't eat fucking bread. I've been saying this to my daughter lately. I'm like, I wish I could just eat bread. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just want to eat some croissants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just not feel terrible about Mm -hmm. it, you know? But I'll be in a black depression. My bones, my joints will hurt like I'll be in a fog mentally. So I have to eat a certain way. And I realized this thing. I was like, oh, I've spent basically my whole life lifting myself up out of this shit swamp that these people want to live in you know, that we live in, yeah. in this family. And you're teaching other mm, you people know. how
3: to do it because I think, honestly, it's like the baseline of a lot of people is melancholy, whether or not they're intuitive enough to recognize yeah. it. Or, you know, they might not call it that. They'll probably call it like, oh, well, my dad was a jerk or I don't right, have any right. money the or it's victim like a mentality. Well, they're just attached to their, their plight trauma.
1: Right. You know, it's like, exactly. unless
3: you take full responsibility for like your part in, in what you are, or you're not doing. You're, there's no freedom there.
1: Like and, you're trapped. Yeah, and I think so many, most people don't. They underestimate the power that they have within oh, themselves yeah, yeah. to percent. change directions. Mm. To you know, you know, I have. We all have shit in our family. I have shit in my family, and of you know, like, oh, it runs in the family. Well, it fucking stops now. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it ends with yeah. me. Yeah. It, right? it ends with me. You know, and I'm totally. going to change this. And you have the power to. Get out, and it takes time, of course. And you have your own story and journey. But like, I can break free from that job, or from that abusive relationship or friendship. You have the power, or or your body image, or or food. Yet you you have to be intentional uh-huh. in order to serve yourself. I always say this on the on the pod: is you have to be selfish in your happiness. You have to totally.
4: 1000% it's true
1: just to
3: wrap it up a little bit to, i i want to say also that i think what you're doing by sharing like so vulnerably your story i mean you're helping other people realize that they can lift themselves up too like mm. you know the, if if you can do it i can do it and one of the things that helped me the most in my life is listening to the podcast reading the books the audio books. like totally. i that more than anything else like just hearing that somebody else I'm not alone in my struggle. Someone else fixed it, and that's all, all we all want to feel, right? Not alone, and like mm-hmm. we can, we can, we can lift ourselves up. So, thank you so much for sharing and coming in, and Do really enjoyed last words talking for, to you.
1: For everyone, I feel like we got to end it on a ebb and flow, positive. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just say yeah. anything. Say anything. <laughs> People like your voice. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's soothing. It should be on the calm app. I was like listening to, yeah. I mean, I drive from San Diego. I'm like, uh-huh. I could listen to this. I, I text Tyler, I was like, I'm in a trance right now. I love that, <laughs> I
4: love that. I would say something I wanna say on that is that a great way to recognize if you're holding on to your plight, you're your fighting for your your limiting beliefs like how you speak, listen to the words you use, listen to how you speak to other people. And Whenever you find yourself saying, I can't do that because of X. Really? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Well, just take a look. I mean, I I don't know because you're you. I'm me. All I know is me. But that's been a really powerful thing for me, even lately, like with my podcasts and and everything I'm doing. I'm like, am I ever going... I can't do that because it's too expensive, or I can't do that because it's this, or I, you know. And it's like, is that true, or is that a decision I'm making to keep myself small? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and keep that's myself. That's actually one of my non-negotiables
3: low. for the next guy that I that I end up with. I'm like, he needs to be a everything is figure outable kind of person because yeah. that's like totally the, my number nuts. one pet peeve is like. The defeatist mentality, or like it's never them. It's technology sucks, yeah. or this sucks, or not about. it's not a It's like it's like I make shit happen. Uh-huh. Like it needs to.
1: Ha- if, if I want it to happen, it's good. Like, and, and I'm I'm a brat. I'm in my house, <laughs> in my house, the kids, they're five and six, and obviously six week old. But yeah. if they say I can't, it, it's considered a bad word. I you can't. That. Yeah, you can't. No, you you no can't four say that. No letter words. Yeah. 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 You, can. you can. If you, you say can. you can't, then you can. not yeah. uh-huh. So they say I can't. I said take a marble out of the marble jar. That's a bad bad word. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> I
4: love that. So figure oh it God. out. I love that. So That's amazing.
1: You can figure it out.
4: Yeah, I think just. You can do anything you fucking want to do. Literally. You can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's uh, there's a way to do it. It might not seem totally obvious or right in front of your face, but whatever the fuck you dream of, whatever you want your life to look like, you can make that happen. Yeah. It's on you. You Mm -hmm. know, we're co creating our life with God every day, you know, and so it's like, yeah, you know, you get you know, it's this interesting thing. I mean, you get the insights, you get the downloads from God knows where, God, the universe, the cosmos, whatever you want to call it, earth, a tree, a squirrel, (laughs) a mushroom, you know, you get these things that come into you. It's like, do this thing or call that person or take this step. And whether or not you just brush it off or you do that thing is on you. And that could be the, one of the building blocks in, creating the life of your dreams of yeah. like exactly who you are destined to be. And that's it's the thing. It might
3: be a building block. You might not see the result right away. Yeah. You Small have to thing. have the blind faith mm-hmm. that you're heading in the right direction. Slowly than suddenly. That's why we
4: call it faith. You know, yep. you got to be willing to step into the unknown not know if it's going to work out or not and just having faith that you're going in the right direction with
3: one carpet and no tupperware (laughs) and on that
1: note thank you so much Ev. i had the best time thank you
4: thank you you guys